This episode is brought to you by PitchDMM, the football fan app that gives fans a voice and allows you to rate your team, the players, and pick your formation and your squad in real time, every game, and compete with your mates. Have fun whilst generating a voice that will be listened to. Your club, your voice, be heard. Get it now on Google Play and download it on the Apple App Store. You are listening to an official podcast from Kings of Europe, your football link to the European Super Leagues. Welcome everyone back to the Kings of Europe and we are going to this week look at the recap of week one of the World Cup as most of the Kings of Europe are actually at the World Cup so not much to talk about uh, in terms of club football at the moment it's all revolving around this uh, major major tournament here in the country of Russia and we've had some uh, very surprising results Uh, I think more surprises than the average World Cup here in the first week and we're not even through the first week. Uh, officially, that'll be Thursday. But I mean, we've had some some pretty amazing results here in the first five days. And uh, joining me to recap this is an old friend of the show and uh, obviously a recurring guest. And he's been on before. He'll be on many, many more times. It's our good friend Alex Miller. Alex, how you doing? Hey guys. Hey Critty. Thanks for having me. I'm doing good. Absolutely. I'm a bit tired. I've been traveling. Uh... Traveling in the UK and uh, Cyprus and stuff for the last couple of weeks. Uh, yeah, Alex is jet lagged. He has been he's been all over the, uh, the 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 world and back again. And he did not get until three a.m. this morning. So really happy he can make it on the show tonight, and happy he could be here because I know what it feels like to be in that situation, and it sucks. Yeah, man. I mean, it's it's fine. It's one of those. But um, just catching up on the the day's football and. Um, Soccer, um, yeah. I, I managed to yeah watch watch quite a bit of the last sort of weeks when I could. Um, it's been a fantastic start to the World Cup. It really has, and um, we've already basically had a top ten <laughs> goal competition. It looks like so long. May that continue? And yeah, yeah, we sure have. Uh, I mean, this has been th- th- there's been some absolute zingers in this competition so far, and uh, we have not been lacking anything of spectacular goals. Oh, however, a lot of own goals so far. Five days, and look how many own goals we've had, especially from uh, some teams that I wouldn't expect, and especially today, the red card from Colombia in the third minute. I mean, just not not composed. Uh, uh, you know, you could we could debate that. We'll get to Group H in just a little bit, but um. Did the play, could the player have moved? Could he have done something different? I mean, that, that's, that's a tall order, even against Japan, and no disrespect to Japan, but um, I do believe Colombia the better side. That's a tall order to have to go with 10 men for 87 minutes. Absolutely, and, you know, uh, with a better quality team against Colombia, I think they would have lost considerably more, but yeah. they, almost, they almost did well to finish 2-1 um, in the end. And they sure. could have sneaked, sneaked an equalizer in the end. Sure did, absolutely. So, you drink anything tonight, or are you just are you are you just doing the water? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I had a barbecue just before I went a few weeks ago, and we had quite a few beers there. So <laughs> I, came to, I came back to a fridge for, for after work today, and uh, 
yeah, had sunk a couple already after. Ah, that's such a great thing to come back and have beer just like waiting on you. <laughs> yeah, I had a Sam Adams uh, seasoning and a few Heinekens and a couple of uh, vegetarian burgers out on the grill. Veggie burgers? Even in Boston. Right. How did those turn, How did those veggie burgers turn out? Really good, mate. Yeah, they're tidy. And some homemade pea soup. So I'm full. Well, that is, yeah, that, I mean, yeah, you should be. <laughs> yeah. That's all. Well, yeah, so, it's, it's been a good evening, um, but definitely an early night later on. I hear that. I hear that. That's uh, that counts double for me. It's been uh, it's been a long week, and I'm doing the uh, and as it's been a long week, I'm actually doing the uncharacteristic thing. I'm not doing my traditional bourbon and beer tonight. I'm doing a coffee uh, because I have to keep my focus and composure as we talk. Uh, everything, all things World Cup here, and we are going to start off with Group A. So, Alex. Um, Digging right into this bad boy, uh, last week had Russia come out 5-0 against Saudi Arabia, just absolutely demolished these guys. Saudi Arabia possibly the weakest team in the competition. And then, of course, Uruguay struggling with Egypt early on, but coming through with the late winner uh, from Jimenez. And what's the bigger surprise, Alex, that Salah basically was a non-factor in the Egypt game, meaning as he didn't play, or that Russia were able to put five past Saudi Arabia to really, really strengthen their goal differential well i think a week ago people were sort of on the fence saying you know saudi arabia could actually steal it the first game of russia um people saying that they're they're the kind of the worst squad since (laughs) since records began basically um there's been no real stars um but it's almost like you know like a you know a second rate Germany back in 2014 when they're playing as a team and you know um, for me I was surprised to see the quality of play with Russia and the quality of goals against you know a bad a bad Saudi Arabia I think Saudi Arabia made them look better than they actually are um, and also maybe Egypt today but yeah I was surprised that Salah didn't at least come on for the last 15-20 I mean, they're, they're, you know, they're at their most tired. Um, and for Sal, just to come on for 15, 20, he could have done that. I'm sure he could have done that. It's only like five days ago. Um, and they gambled and it didn't pay off. Um, obviously, a lot of people were disappointed and surprised. I think you were as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think if he came on. I mean, the, the first game to get points on the board is probably the, is, is the biggest opportunity the best opportunity you need and you have and you, you can't shy away from going for points um and i think they actually did just settle for a draw and you need to be attacking on the first game you need to get those points on the board i know it's a it's a difficult debate to have you know for every single um opponent um you, it's so important if, if you start off with no points. The, the amount of pressure you're putting on yourself in the next two games, like Egypt did, and and they, it backfired. It really fucking backfired for them, and a lot of people are disappointed across the world. Yeah, um, we're we're gonna get to we're gonna get to Egypt and the other African teams as kind of a we're we're gonna summarize them as a whole in just a little bit. We're gonna talk about some of the Asian teams as well, but especially the African teams who, uh, besides Senegal, have all been very disappointing thus far. They've they've played. 
uh, six matches, I believe it is, and they have three points between all of them, uh, Senegal being the only team that has scored any points with the win over Poland today. But Egypt, extremely disappointing. So uh, another, so let's, let's move on to today. Uh, well, actually, so Uruguay, Uruguay and, and Egypt, obviously, you're, you're saying that Mo's, uh, Mo's not playing. Had, do, you, do you think that could have changed the outcome? Let me ask you like that. Yeah, I mean, I think it would have had the most impact of any situation you put in the last 20 minutes, obviously. Um, you know, it would, it would have been a good point against Uruguay. Uh, because, you know, as far as Cavani, they weren't on fire at all. Um, yeah. Uh, thing is, Salah occupies defenders' minds at least to, you know, any situation. So that 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 makes the opponent have a you know a, a slower attacking pace i think from the from the back um, cuz they have to constantly monitor that that pace and that ability to uh, change a situation on its head and to so I'm surprised he didn't come on for the last 15, 20. I'm, I'm really... Um, I was, I was I too, yeah. Well, I mean, what do you think? Do you think that had a big effect? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think if you play a guy who, with, who's obviously one of the most um, dangerous goal scorers in the world right now, and even if it's for 20 minutes or 15 minutes, he has fresh legs. Um, you know, exactly. Russia, especially today... Uh, you know, had to keep their eye on him for the duration. So, I mean, Uruguay would at that point have been uh, somewhat, somewhat worn down, and he comes in fresh. Um, yeah, he could he could have turned the game around, and 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 things could have changed. But um, you know, we we can sit here and say what ifs all all day. Uruguay ended up winning, got the three points today, though. Uh, obviously, Russia. Let's 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 go ahead and put uh, you know, people people will fantasize about what-ifs and statistics and, and, and all this stuff. Russia has advanced. Egypt's going home. They're the first team to go home. So uh, 3-1 today. Russia has a plus-seven goal differential, eight goals scored. I don't know if anyone in this, with two matches played is going to match that. The only two teams that, you know, Portugal and Spain each scored three in the opener. Uh, obviously, you had um, a couple other teams that scored multiple goals, but... Uh, Russia's averaging four goals per match right now. And um, so, I mean, are they, is, is Russia for real? Is this, uh, or is it just, is it the quality of the, of the opponent that they're, that they're facing that has uh, made them look uh, more like a uh, paper tiger than, than the actual uh, tiger itself? Well, they've, have they, they've never reached a, well, they've never advanced at the group stages in the history, have they? Um, so they're taking the ball by the horns at the moment. And, you know, the the, the, the quality of the opponents are not amazing. Um, they, I mean, eight to nothing. Well, eight goals up, seven. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's, uh, was it eight goals was the most, was the amount of goals Spain scored in the whole tournament when they won it? Yeah, yeah, they were. Uh, Spain was uh, in, in, crazy. in 2010. Spain was getting by. First of all, they lost the opening match. Spain did in 2010, yeah. and they went on to obviously win the World Cup. But they were getting by with a lot of one nils. Uh, 
and Portugal did a similar thing in the European Championships. And I mean, once Russia come up a, against a stronger side, um, you say stronger side, but you know, you have, we'll talk about that. You know, we've got Brazil and Germany upsets. Um, I, th- I think with their confidence absolutely booming at the moment, well, I wouldn't want to play them. No, especially yeah. with the home crowd. Yeah, and and Cherishev is absolutely on fire. Yeah, yes, he is. Well. Um, he's playing with total freedom, and most of the team are. But you know, you're playing against Egypt and Saudi Arabia. It's not a massive test, but you, that doesn't take away anything from what they have achieved, um, because of the expectations they had at the beginning of the tournament were next to none. Um, they were in just because they're hosting it at the end of the day. And, and they've taken that chance, and absolutely hats off to them. Well, so tomorrow we have basically if Uruguay beats Saudi Arabia, which I'm supremely confident they will, then you have your Group A and your Group B, uh, excuse me, your Group A 1 and 2 advances. So Russia's going to advance, Uruguay's going to advance. It sets up a winner-take-all final match between those two nations as to see who wins the group and who comes in second. So... Um, not much to be said there. I think this group's pretty much wrapped up. I think Uruguay and Luis Suarez and Edison Cavani will get an easy win tomorrow against Saudi Arabia, and Egypt and Saudi Arabia will be playing for for pride uh, as as uh, the next week comes into into play and and we start to narrow ourselves down to the to the round of sixteen. Moving on to Group B. Uh, so, question: This obviously this group is going to resume. Uh, this, this group will resume tomorrow. Uh, so what are your thoughts on the Portugal-Spain match? Is, it, is this, in your memory, the best opening round match you've ever seen in a World Cup? Well, my memory is shit. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, sorry, yeah, I set myself up for that. <laughs> Can't remember what I did four hours ago. Um, well, yeah, for me, what I can remember right now, I'm sure other people that are listening can probably remember something as equally good and entertaining. Um, I mean, you had obviously one of the best players in the world completely step up and, and deal with the pressure um, perfectly, um, taking his chances. I mean, you need a team to score goals at the end of the day, but you need that brilliance to um, score two or three. In one game, it's unbelievable. It was almost he's wrapped up the golden boot um, at that day. Anyway, I thought uh, I, I guess he called three all at half time. I thought it'd be an open game with two one. Um, and Nacho's goal for me already the goal of the tournament. The technique he had to catch that ball so fucking sweet and to stop the follow through and to make that curve on the ball was I haven't seen a go like that for Alex a let's talk about this fucker for a second okay this this yeah. all right I'm sitting there watching this it's like the 80s whatever the 86 87th minute uh, mm. forgive me I don't have the exact fucking pinpoint minute but there was like less than five minutes to go this 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 guy sits there and Ronaldo over dramatizes everything because he he's kind of a diva but he does the whole, like, um, the eye, he closes his eyes, he pulls the shorts up his thigh. Yeah. And, 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 but I'm thinking the whole time, this fucking asshole 
is going to score. He is going mm-hmm. to put one past DeHaia again. I knew it. And I'll get and what I'm saying by this is this fucker's just that good. He is that good. You know it as well. Like we, I was at the bar with the lads in, in Cyprus watching this, and as like, as soon as the he went down, he called a free kick. We all was like, "Go!" Oh. Yeah, yeah. I were like, "Well, this is three all." I wish I put some money on it. I, I, you know, he's, he's, this is, this is, unfortunately, this is the shortcoming of the team because, um, the, the, the penalty, obviously a penalty is a penalty and DeHaia really let one slip in, uh, the right. second goal was, was completely on the keeper. So the one that you could say absolutely legitimately was 100% Ronaldo that had, the keeper had no chance. He, he was that final uh, free kick, but. When they get in the final stages, when they start getting to the quarterfinals, the semifinals, they're going to play teams that you're not going to get a penalty and a, a goalkeeper error to, to, get, to gift you two goals. So they need more than just Ronaldo to advance far into this tournament. They, have to, they need, they need uh, Andre Silva. They need um, Rafael. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Rafael Guerrero. They need some other players to step up and take take the load. But but for what it was, what a performance by Cristiano Ronaldo. I mean, I I, I don't like the guy, but I got to give him respect. I mean, he he's just um just he he's a once in a generation footballer. Really, it's all I can say about it. Yeah, with that with that short pull up, I think he put the gay off. <laughs> I'm sitting there in my I was chair. Like, Look at those pins, man. <laughs> Absolute quad lord. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. But I, but, but, but he, he's. What other player do you know? Uh, this guy should honestly. I mean, he's like fucking. Uh, they they call Bayern Munich FC Hollywood, but really he's FC Hollywood because he's the guy that. I mean, he's like, um, you know, uh, some Hollywood actor out here doing the over dramatization of something that you know. If, can you imagine someone like a. Uh, Jurgen Klinsmann back in the day, or or or, or um, uh, Keane from from Manchester United pulling his his pants up over his thigh to 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 take a free kick. You know, uh, can you imagine Steven Gerrard sitting there? You know, pulling his yeah. sh- come on, stop that shit. I mean, that's just. I think he's, I think he's earned that arrogance though over the time. But I think the difference you have with Ronaldo, right? You know, Portugal aren't a great team, and neither Egypt. Like the whole squad, there's not much depth. No. Then, but then the difference is you have that world-class, consistent world-class performance and against massive pressure with Ronaldo and his experience. I know he's older than Salah, but you just don't get that with Salah. Salah had a bit of a poor game today and his touch was a bit heavy. And He's not, he's not playing at his best, obviously, because he's surrounded by players that are not as good as him. And the same with Ronaldo, but he's stepping up and, and making things count and being in the right position and it, it just takes that extra bit that you just can't put your finger on. You say he's older, but I don't know that he is. Uh, I think he has. I think he's thirty three and has the body of a twenty five year old. <laughs> yeah, I, know, yeah. I don't. I, I I could honestly. I don't know if this. I, honestly, Alex, I, I don't know that this is Ronaldo's last World Cup. I really don't. No, I mean not with Portugal. If it was for like Brazil or Spain, then maybe. But maybe, but. Uh, he'll be there. Thirty-seven. He'll be thirty-seven, right? Yes. Yeah. He'll he's, be six World Cups. Six. Uh, no, five. Let's see. It'll be 
He played in 06, 2010, 2014. Yeah, okay, so it'll be his fifth World Cup. So, yeah. Mike, we're going to see Ronaldo in 2026 in America. <laughs> yes, at 42, uh, 41, yeah. yeah. Um, so, um, not trying to disrespect uh, Iran or Morocco. Iran did get the three points on Morocco. They are the group leaders right now in Group B. They play tomorrow against Spain. Yeah. Um, so I see Spain. This is like a four-one or four-nil. Yeah, I mean, we yeah. said that with Brazil and Switzerland, or I did. It's just so. It's a wonderful game, man. Everything well, Switzerland does have more quality than than Iran. I mean, let's let's let's. There, there there's some. Uh, Switzerland's got some Premier League players, Bundesliga players, Serie A players. They, I mean, they're they're ranked sixth in the world. Iran is not a, a top ten football team. Yeah, I totally agree. With you. They they should spank them. Um, but yeah. let me ask you this though: this this little so so Spain spanks them. Um, it, Morocco, they were the ones that were kind of the dark horses of this group. Everybody said, you know, if if, if Spain beat Portugal in the opener, and Morocco could potentially snag up and upset Portugal. Then you have something. So can we can we look for maybe an upset tomorrow, uh, Morocco and Portugal? Portugal might be, again, we, we know what their main weapon is, and Morocco knows what their main weapon is. So is, is, is there any chance that we might get even a draw out of Morocco-Portugal, which would then set up uh, Portugal and Iran in a final match in Group B to see who advances? I don't know that Portugal's through yet i think spain is through i think their quality will overcome but i don't know the portugal's out of out of the uh into the round of 16 just yet yeah i don't know spain went out early in the 2014 world cup as well so yeah they did uh, they should they should qualify but you never know they could have a brain fart and fuck up again um spain did get that 5-1 thrashing though by the netherlands and uh Aryan robin and uh it's <laughs> And I, yeah, Van Persie fucked them up real bad. Um, so yeah, that yeah. Iran, fair play to Iran against Morocco and that late winner. Um, they must be absolutely buzzing the whole the whole country, and that's what the World Cup's all about, isn't it? Um, obviously, it's just the first game. They odds are they probably go out, and it'll be pro- probably be Portugal and Spain. But yeah, you can't you can't rule out Morocco, man. They they. They they won that you know the the qualifying group that included you know, Ivory Coast. Um, they didn't even concede a goal and they didn't lose a game. And to be we, fair, they were unlucky to lose against Iran. Yeah, I thought so. Um, so this this is one of the most interesting groups actually. Um, well, this is going to be the most one of the most interesting days to watch football tomorrow because I agree. Games. I agree. I I think we I I don't know I that we need have, to. I think we I think we need to keep a close eye out on Portugal and Morocco. Yeah, you know, if Morocco if they if you have two draws tomorrow, that could happen as well. Iran could, you know, defend out of their heads their 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 three I mean the pressure's off Iran a little bit tomorrow. Yeah. They still, yeah. They still got another game to, you know, play um Portugal and maybe get an a point and qualify. So there's there's so many outcomes right now. In this group, um, but uh, my odds are with with Spain and Portugal. Yeah, it's a choice. Yeah. Well, moving on to Group C. So you have uh, the the favorites, France. They are in the driver's seat right now in first place, followed by the second favorites, uh, Denmark. This is exactly how I had this group going. Uh, the current standings are exactly how I had them finishing. I had France one, Denmark two, Australia three, Peru four. Now, 
France, uh, a little bit lucky uh, in the uh, opening match against Australia. Many say an undeserved 2-1 to one win. They had the uh, penalty, obviously, and then, of course, uh, Pogba uh, strikes home the goal uh, in the 83rd minute, I believe it was, to get yeah. the 2-1 to one win. Uh, Denmark, Peru, Christian Eriksen and company get the win over Peru. Peru had the penalty that basically went to the moon. I think it's still flying somewhere into space. Um, so, how... What what are your thoughts on that Australia France match? Uh, should 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 France consider themselves lucky to be where they're at right now? Um, well, yeah. In hindsight, a fair result was one all. Um, I watched some of the game, not all of it. Um, obviously, their quality came through in the end, and um, it, it like I said, it's it's so important to get at least a point on the board and, you know, for, you know, there's only been a few draws as well, this, this World Cup. So, yeah, um, there's a lot of confident teams and a lot of unconfident teams out there now. Um, you, I think Denmark, like you said, Denmark, France at the end, um, play each other to see who comes first or second. Um, and that, and that, well, you know, Australia could beat Denmark tomorrow and then, things will completely change it's 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 too early to really have a meaningful view on actually all of these groups and and how it will finish definitely um a discussion after the second lot of games is probably needed um but uh, i think denmark again you know they're sneaking these is it you know a lot of these games have been won with just a one goal in it. So you can see how tight the 32 teams are playing against each other. It's, it's you know, Brazil drawing against Switzerland, and Germany losing to Mexico, and it's all one goal in it. So, again, this group is all about tomorrow, well, all about Thursday's games. Yeah, I do like I do I do like that uh, Denmark Australia game to be a draw. I do think France will beat Peru, and that'll put them through to the round of 16. Um, yeah. France seems to get stronger as tournaments progress. Uh, they did. I, I feel like they did that at the uh, Euro 16. I, I feel like they do that most times. Uh, not notwithstanding the 2010 when the players were on strike and they they had to you know Ribéry and his boys they. Uh, I, 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 the, the manager's name escapes me, but you, you remember that thing in South Africa where they basically, the, the players wouldn't play for the manager and some of them got sent home and it was a, it was a fucking disgrace to the, uh, yeah. French national team. And then of course, 2002, um, as defending world champions, they lose to Senegal out of the gate. So other than that though, France usually, uh, gets stronger as tournaments progress. Uh, you just mentioned Thursday. Alex, uh, it's the last game on Thursday that has my interest the most, and that's Argentina versus Croatia. Because I believe that Croatia can beat Argentina, and I believe that Croatia will beat Argentina. And I think Argentina is in some serious danger here of not getting out of this group. What are your, what are your thoughts on that match? And then we're going to talk a little bit about Mr. Lionel Messi here in just a few minutes. But first and foremost, Argentina uh, does not get the job done against Iceland. What do you? Th- what are your thoughts on Croatia and Argentina Thursday's late game? Well, that's probably the game of the day. Um, <laughs> I mean, Nigeria won very good against Croatia, um, but they did play well. Croatia, they were 
very tight. Um, the past, well, um, Argentina were a bit all over the place um, against Iceland. So that, that would definitely be the game of the day to watch. You would feel that Argentina probably could deal with the pressure of needing to get points on the board and, and get at least one or, or maybe three. The quality they do have, um, the squad on paper is better than Croatia. Um, but this is the World Cup. This is, you know, like the, the last week, there been quite a few upsets. So but, it's not a bad show, actually. You probably get really good odds on Croatia versus Argentina and Croatia coming out with three points. Um, it only takes a goal and to keep Messi quiet. Um, and Iceland did that. And especially the keeper, the cameraman keeper. Here's the thing. Um, you say Argentina's better on paper. I'm not so certain that they are. You have uh, uh, Marcelo Brozovic. You have Ivan Perisic. You have uh, uh, Kovacic. You have Luka Modric. You have Rakitic. You have Dejan Lovren. I don't know that Croatia isn't better by name for the first time perhaps ever. I, this Croatia yeah. side is, is lethal. Uh, as far as the names they have on that squad, they just sent home AC Milan striker Kalinic for you know bullshit you know reasons that 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 I won't get into. But I mean that's that's another Serie A striker who they they just gladly sent home because of uh, you know not going into the match when he was told to go in. He, he said he had a back injury, and the manager said you know you're 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 done. You can go home. But there's quality across the board for this Croatia for this uh, Croatia side. So I, I don't know. That Argentina is truly better than they are. Yeah, I, it, it's definitely bloody close, and it's up for debate. But you know, you got Otamendi, Calabrero, Fazio, Higuain, Demiria, Mascherano, Messi, Lanzini as well. He could be put in there. Um, but they just don't seem to be as good playing together as Croatia are. No, they, they seem to be more individualistic and not. Needing to, you know, not being selfless, yeah, slightly selfish, I think, um, as a team, and that that's you just can't win games like that. So let's let's talk about this real quick with Messi. Uh, going back to 2010, uh, not the best performances. 2014, he kind of carries them on his back into the final. Has yeah. the, the Argentina had a number of chances against Germany in the final? Messi, Higuain, none of them could get the job done. Goethe scores in the 118th minute, puts Argentina back, uh, back where they belong, back to 1990. Germans just seemingly have Argentina's number when it comes to the World Cup. And then, of course, this past weekend, uh, Argentina has a penalty. They select Messi to be the uh, shooter. He goes up to shoot. He misses. And instead of three points, they now have one. You, you have Ronaldo, by the way, who scores a hat trick. He scores his third goal off of a free kick, which is anything but a guaranteed thing. Messi has a penalty shot, which is, I don't know the exact numbers right now, but it's an extremely high chance of scoring. Uh, and I mean by numbers, I mean World Cup. What are the, what are the uh, averages of World Cup penalty shots taken and scored? I, I, I'm... I'm, I'm Positive, they're well over 50%. So when it comes to Barcelona, Real Madrid, we can have this debate all night long. But, but honestly, 
International tournaments. Ronaldo is a European champion from 2016, so defending and reigning European champions. Messi seemingly comes up short every single tournament when it comes to these international affairs, whether it's the Copa America, whether it's the World Cup. Uh, this He has a lot of ground to make up, and it's one match, so he has still time to do so. But I got to say, uh, comparing the two right now so far, not so good. What are, what are your thoughts on, on, on Messi and just his inability to, to take Argentina to, to the next level in, in these uh, international tournaments? I think he did the best he could do with that team in 2014. Um, you need your players to step up around, you know, that surround you when you go later into the tournament. You can you can win games in the early stages and get the points on the board like Ronaldo's already just done. Um, I mean, Portugal can't seem to win or lose a game. It's ridiculous. They're just the king of draws. Um, um, yeah, Higuain missed that one on one. That, that could have made the difference, but back in 2014, but Messi just doesn't have. He he gets to a certain point, I it seems, and and he just loses faith. Where Ronaldo, up to the 90th minute, knows that he can switch a game on its head and and be a game changer and 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 win points or or a game at any time of the game in the 90 minutes, but Messi just doesn't seem to have that capacity to, to lead from from the front like that. You know, I've seen quite a few times where, you know, Barcelona have let a goal in or Argentina have let a goal in and, and his head just drops a little bit. Physically, like it literally drops. And then yep. you compare that to Ronaldo and he's shouting at his players and he's going, clapping them on, he's, come on, lads, you know. That that that's the difference. I think that's where 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 a foundation of faith comes from in in knowing that you can get it back if if you totally believe that anything's possible and be confident in your ability to know that you can change that outcome. That will resonate and and pour out of you and infect the players that that, that actually subconsciously count on you in, in many situations. And Messi doesn't really have that kind of ability. Let me ask this question to you. Portugal are a lesser side as a team than Argentina on paper. You have, obviously, Sergio Aguero. You have Gonzalo Higuain. You have Paulo Dybala. There's, uh, much, there, there are a lot better players for Argentina than the Portugal. But, but, but in, in saying that, Ronaldo knows he's the man for Portugal. He knows he is the leader. He knows he is the guy. Do you think his arrogance helps him prevail in these in these situations whereas maybe Messi is is less of a leader and less of a, you know a a mm. he obviously he obviously is not as arrogant as Ronaldo but do you think that that arrogance actually gives Ronaldo the edge and maybe where that's where Messi is 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 coming up short is the fact that he he doesn't seemingly want the limelight he doesn't want to be the the guy he wants to be a complimentary piece in the fact that he wants to help the team win, but I don't know that he truly is capable of stealing the show like Ronaldo. <clears throat> yeah, good points, man. Um, Messi is, as a person, definitely more modest um, on the pitch completely. You can tell by the celebrations. <laughs> Ronaldo just exudes arrogance. Um, 
And what it kind of does, I think, is take the attention away from the other players so they can concentrate on playing football and providing Ronaldo. Whereas, you know, teams with Messi in it, you, you do have the other big egos. And I think Messi maybe suffers a little bit from that. Uh, not suffers, but takes the attention away of, of his ability and his confidence, I think. you got Higuain and, um, and Aguero and yeah, the other players I've mentioned. Um, you know, they are, in their own right, world-class players playing at different teams and when they come together they it's it's seriously just Ronaldo in that team that is has the all the attention but mm-hmm. it's not just Messi in the Argentinian team so the other players feel more you know that responsibility as well but Ronaldo just takes that responsibility and like absorbs it and it kind of absorbs it like a fucking spinach with Popeye he just <laughs> yeah. he just inhales that and, and puffs out his chest with it you know and just delivers quality every single time that you think that he can't he does and and now you think that he will <laughs> well there's something about me that, that, that loves that about him though like I don't I like I said I'm not a fan of his I would never own a shirt of his but there's something about it when he when he when he pulls the fucking shorts up and he and he and he does the whole uh, sigh and the closing the eyes like he's a kid dreaming a dream or something like that. I don't know what, what what's going through his mind. This is just assumption on my part that he's he's maybe he's, he is maybe he is daydreaming. Yeah, maybe he's, he's dreaming of that goal going in. He, he's playing he's playing to the fucking camera. I can tell you that. That's what he's doing. He's playing to the camera because he knows the camera's on him. Messi seemingly doesn't want the camera on him. Ronaldo absolutely loves it yeah and i think you know you have a guy uh, michael jordan was the same way he's like yeah put the camera on me i'll hit the shot fuck you you know what are you gonna do you're gonna stop me you're not gonna stop me ronaldo's got that same put the team on my back arrogance and confidence about him and i don't see that with messi i think messi can do that with barcelona because he has so many other great players around him at barcelona it enables him to be uh, you know the player that he is there, but but Argentina is his team. That he's the guy. He retired after the last World Cup. You remember that he he retired uh, from international play, and then he he came back, and uh, you know, Russia. yeah, he he's yeah, he yeah. Yeah, shows. I mean, he he lost the. You know, a lot of people saw said he lost the World Cup for his country in 2014. I don't believe he lost the World Cup for his country. I think that 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 Germany uh, was out-endured and, and out-persevered Argentina. And they, they had them, you know, Mario Götze and Andre Schürrle made the most of their opportunity in the 118th minute, and that's it. It's a 1-0 game. It's not like Germany dominated. But, but Messi's going to take that loss on his shoulders. The critics are going to look at him as that was his World Cup to win. He didn't. Uh, this, to me, is his last shot. I don't think we'll see Messi in 20... Twenty-two. I, 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 I think that that this is it for him. So uh, he's off to a rather inauspicious start. Uh, penalty shot, missed it. Argentina sitting at one point. If they don't win against Croatia, Alex, they're in some serious, serious trouble. If they don't make it out of the group stage, I, I, I think at that point, I think the debate's over. As to you know, people. I, I again take the club stuff into account. Look, Ronaldo's got more Champions Leagues than Messi. 
he'll have more uh, prestigious international titles than Messi, and he's going to get further in this tournament than Messi. So at that point, I, I don't think I think the debate's over. If you can't get Argentina out of the group stage, and we're going, of course, a little bit ahead of ourselves, but I, I'm calling it right now. I think Croatia will beat Argentina. I think Argentina's going to be sitting on one point after two matches, and they're going to have a hell of a hole to dig themselves out of. You should put a monkey on it on when tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I should. Uh, you know, uh, I may, um, I may, I may. Mate, Ronaldo, just a quick one more point. Yeah. Okay, the feeling you get when you score a goal, like you, everybody knows when they play football, is it's it's an endorphin moment, and you times that by a thousand. In a final, when you're a kid, you score a goal. I've had that feeling. It's incredible. You get to these levels, and it's like a fucking drug. And Ronaldo, the, the bigger, the better the stage. He delivers. The drug is, and it affects him much, much more, and he gets higher. And mm-hmm. it is that. It is a chemical level. I'm, I'm not a chemist or whatever biologist, but we should have someone on there that can describe it better in a meaningful way. It sounds like you were doing a pretty good job, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but you know, it's 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 a that's why footballers want to play till their you know the legs are falling off because you just can't get that high anywhere else. Um, so yeah, it's it's he just loves it, and um, I don't mind the guy. He does a lot for charity, and you know he's a bit arrogant, but uh, I think he's deserved it. Yeah, be arrogant, but you don't pull your shorts up like that. Tuck him down. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna be talking about that for. Hey, at least, at least, at least he, um, the end result was what it was. And so we forgive him for that. Just if only slightly, if only slightly, we forgive him for that. So, um, so the question is, Alex, real quick, summarizing group D with Iceland. I think we're don't overlook Iceland. Let's not overlook Iceland. Do you, if, if Croatia beats Argentina, is, is Argentina out? Um. Yeah, I don't know because they've got Nigeria. I think Nigeria will be out tomorrow. I think Iceland will actually. If Iceland beat Nigeria, then on 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 um. All they need but, is a draw with Croatia, then and they and they're yeah, I mean, Jesus. I, I mean, I'm I'm a big Iceland fan. I'm supporting Iceland. Yeah, sure, sure. A lot. Most neutrals are. Um. Obviously, I'm supporting England as well. I'm mostly Welsh, so yeah. You know, it's. Of course, I'm a sport in England first, but obviously, everybody's got a soft spot for Iceland with a with a population of like three hundred thirty thousand. It's it's yep. crazy what they've done. It's fantastic. So you can't take your eye off anyone. I mean, it's, it's such an interesting. We could have conversations about every group and what the outcomes are for like three hours tonight. But yeah, absolutely. Um, that's the exciting part of it right now, though. I mean, three games a day. How fucking lucky are we? right now we're pretty lucky i tell you my my uh my day job is not lucky because i'm not being very productive but you know that's the price they pay for having the world cup during during the summer and uh and during times when i can watch it so (laughs) um so so let's move on to group e real quick um you know serbia costa rica was what it was serbia won i think serbia is a definitely a dark horse you need to watch out for them i think they could play uh especially if they get a result here in the next match, but let's talk quickly about Brazil, Switzerland, because Brazil have a guy very much like Messi, like Ronaldo, who has a lot of pressure on him. That being Neymar, Neymar, 
did not come through. It was actually a former Liverpool player, uh, Philip Coutinho, who scored the uh, amazing goal for Brazil. And that gave them the 1-0 lead. Switzerland quickly equalized. And they ended up in a 1-1 draw. So what do you take from this, Alex? Is uh, Brazil, again, like in 2014, a little bit overhyped, a little bit maybe too much positive feelings going into this tournament? Um, Or is Switzerland legitimately the sixth best team in the world and they 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 scored one against Brazil, Brazil scored one against them and, and we'll move on and play another day. I mean, Brazil seemingly gets favoritism at every tournament, but in recent years or recent World Cups have, have failed to deliver. So what what do you make of this Brazil team right now? Okay. Um it's probably gonna be pretty quick response. Yeah, um, sure. I mean listen to the last twenty minutes of the Serbia Costa Rica game in those the first two games of uh, Group E. Um, Brazil were favourites coming into this. Um, I mean, again, it's it's a, it's a team that haven't had a lot of time together. Um, if they had one World Cup and in between, um, you have a team of individuals as well. Um, Coutinho delivered on the day. Um, that was a fantastic strike, by the way. Oh yeah, absolutely. Top five, yeah. Um, typical Coutinho. We really missed that as Liverpool fans. Yep. Um, bastard. Anyway. Ah yeah. <laughs> but um, I think even better goals from Kolarov. Um, and the time and the pressure, um, on him. It shows of experience as a, you know, a seasoned professional, Premier League player. Um, obviously not anymore with Roma, but. Yeah, you see two games of, of two moments of, of pure class that, that take points from that game. Um, it, it's, I mean, the first games, like what we're analysing now, the second games, I think you're going to see a lot, a lot different performances from from teams because of, you know, they've shaken that, you know, the first jitters off and the, the excitements, you know. Of starting the World Cup has worn off. Now it now now it's real. Now you're playing football, you know. So um, yeah, Brazil. Uh, if they're drawn against Switzerland, Switzerland aren't a bad team. Um, but they they need a big win against Costa Rica, and don't yeah. rule Costa Rica out. No, don't. Don't absolutely not. Um, Serbia, Switzerland. I think that is going to be. That could be when you talk about. There's very few draws so far. That could be another draw. I I I could see Switzerland having to win their third match. That being against Costa Rica to have a shot at advancing. I I, I do I do favor Brazil against Costa Rica. But you know, like you said, I don't you know they have Kaylor Navas. Uh, but you know, we'll we'll see what happens there. It could it could go either way. I think the one. Serbia is the team, like I said, that's the dark horse in this group. And if they manage to beat Switzerland, they are through. They're in the round of 16. And, and yeah. you know, they're a scrappy bunch. They fight. They claw. Uh, just the kind of team that you really don't want to face uh, when things come down to it in the knockout stages. So this one, this one's a lot, a lot to be played for yet in Group E. Let's, let's move on to Group F because this is kind of where my expertise comes in. So Germany, Serbia and Brazil, though. Yeah. Last game, that I think that'll be like you said, between first and second place playoff. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's that's going to be and 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 that's oh shit. We still have to get through this week, and we have that coming next week. So, uh, yeah, just so much great football left to be played, even in the group stages. Just you have some some massive massive teams with uh, high expectations going at each other. But one of the teams that had massive expectations are uh, my country, where I grew up, uh, Germany, defending and reigning world champions. They laid an egg against Mexico, and I'll go ahead and say this uh, tactically, Joachim Löw basically went away from the 3-4-3 that he played during qualifying, uh, experimented a little bit with the 3-5-1-1, and went the complete opposite direction. Played with a four-man back line, went with a 4-2-3-1, subbed out Plottenhardt at the last minute, put him in as a starter, uh, subbed him in, better said, uh, during the um, starting lineup. Uh, Of course, Marco Royce did not start, which was kind of a shocker to me and many other Germany fans, and... Uh, the other thing was, of course, that the players looked out of sync, which is very non-traditional for Germany in these circumstances. So the World Cup is, you know, you, you get Germany on a friendly, and you can anybody can beat them. But uh, the World Cups, Germany has not, Germany has, has made every World Cup semifinal since 2002. They've either played in the final or they've been in the semifinals since 2002. Uh, same goes for the European Championship since, I believe, 2008. So they're, they're running, I think, seven, six or seven straight tournaments, major mm. tournaments, where they have at least made the semifinal. Uh, this is kind of their bread and butter. This is what they live for. They have been almost invincible in the opening matches of World Cups. Going back to 2002 when they won 8-0, 2000. Yeah, back to 2002 when they beat Saudi Arabia 8-0. Then, of course, the 4-2 win over Costa Rica, 4-0 against Portugal, and 4-0 against uh, someone else in there, too. Portugal was uh, 2014. 2010, they beat 4-0 in the first round. Don't have the stats in front of me right now, but I believe it was an African side. Anyways, 1-0, they lose to Mexico. Mexico has not beaten Germany since 1986. They've never right. beaten them in a World Cup. Uh, this is um, this is a lot bigger deal, I think, than people realize it is. Uh, th- this is uh, kind of Germany's other uh, kind of Achilles heel is that traditionally under Joachim Löw, when they played in big tournaments, it's the second game, the second game, so the game coming up on Saturday, where they traditionally drop points. Either they lose or they draw. Now they're in anything but that position. They have to win. There is no draw. There is no loss. They have to win. They have to beat Sweden. And then they have to beat South Korea, which I don't think should be too difficult. But this Sweden match, for the purposes of major contenders making it to the round of 16, this will be the biggest match of the round two matches being played. Because if they don't win here, I could see the defending champions going out in unconventional style before we even get to the round of 16. Um there's a lot more I could say on that game. I could talk about that game probably for three hours. But uh, what did you see with Germany and Mexico, Alex? And do you think Germany has any reason to be overly concerned? Or do you think they'll bounce back and get the six points they need to get through? Uh, I think Germany came into the game um, slightly more arrogant than obviously Mexico. Mexico were the underdogs and they and they played like it. Um, they probably deserved it in the end, I think. Um, I mean, do you think 
like you said, if Germany didn't make it out of the group, Lowe's time is up. And do you think the world winning the World Cup last time has had a slightly negative effect on the players, certainly in the game against Mexico? And, and if they do go out, then looking back at it, then I think that would be a, be a factor of them going out. Because they won the World Cup and they are defending champions, I think they've, that, that, that kind of loses a little bit of hunger. So two things. Two things to answer your question. You just answered. You just you, the last the last thing you just said about hunger is what my first answer was going to be. And it's <laughs> it's, it's you, so you almost you took the uh, the words out of my mouth. But yes, I think that winning the 2014 World Cup made Germany less hungry. They were less hungry in 1994 as well when they won in 1990. Uh, they they dropped out of that tournament much quicker than than I think a lot of people thought they should have or would have. Uh, uh, if they had been not champions in 1990. I think that Germany, a little bit of complacency set in. Uh, the other answer to your question, is it over for Löw if they don't make it out of the group stage? No, it won't be. Uh, he signed his contract. I believe he signed a contract extension to take him through the 2022 World Cup in uh, Qatar. He will get at least a shot at the European Championship in 2020 to make things right. So, no. Even if they don't make it out of the group stage, I don't see Joachim Löw, uh, with all the success that he's had, as I just said, I mean, you know, repeating myself, he's never failed. He has never not made a semifinal in a major tournament. That, that's that's, that's un, un, unbelievable since he took over in 2006 for Klinsmann. From 2008 onward, so this is now 10 years, he's made every semifinal that he's he's been the manager of Germany in. Uh, so... No, he'll he he he'll get another day to um to to, to fight in, in the European Championship in two years. But uh, I, I I do think that this Germany team has to come out, and I think they have to be I mean pissed off, angry against Sweden, and they yeah. have to they have to they have to they need to score in the first half. This thing cannot be close to give Sweden any kind of shred of hope uh, as as the second half looms. Yeah, I agree, man. Um... The group stage, you know, coming into this tournament, it's 10 games, 10 wins, and then the first game, a loss. That must have pissed them right off. If that doesn't give them a kick up the ass, then yeah, nothing will. Yeah. Actually, probably, like I said, feels like you said, feel a bit sorry for Sweden. You do not want to be playing Germany in this game. No. Coming off the back of a win. And with, with such confidence going into the World Cup, with the ease they've, you know, dismantled teams on the way to the World Cup and now they lost a the game. Yeah, it's just like poking us, you know, a python. Yeah, it, here's another thing too, Alex. You know, I said they, they always drop points seemingly in the second game and I don't know if that's also more complacency. When they win the first match, they think, oh, you know, that's three points. That's pretty much guaranteed to get through. So they let off the pedal a little bit in the second mm. match. They get a draw. They end up winning the group, say, with seven points because they get their head out of their asses in the, in the third match and they win that one, so they get seven. And then come the knockout stage. And the knockout stage is when Germany goes to business. But I think that if Germany don't have anything to play for, they don't play. They're, 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 they're easily beaten in friendlies. Uh, there have been many friendlies in the last four years that Germany have lost. They've lost to Italy. They've lost to France. Uh, shit, I think they lost to... Uh, like, uh, I remember. It was some weird team. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, it just so, so, but 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 these these European Championships and World Cups are where they they butter their bread, and 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 this is this is. I agree with you. I I, I don't want to be uh, Forsberg in Sweden come Saturday because I I do believe that we're going to get a very pissed off Germany, and um, they'll 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 beat they'll beat Sweden and they'll they'll beat South Korea in the last game, and and I think that. They still have the group in play. I still think Germany can win this group even with six points, despite the Mexico yeah. loss. Yeah, they could be like the Spain of 2010. Lose the first game and come out on top. Totally. Uh, Sweden and South Korea. Um, I, you know, Sweden wins that. And that but but I, I still think that Sweden need to be careful because there could be a three-way... There could be basically... Sweden could beat if Sweden beat South Korea, they got six points. If Germany beat Mexico. Uh, Germany beat Sweden. They've got three points. They beat South Korea. They've got six points. So Mexico beats Germany. Say they beat South Korea, they lose to Sweden. They also have six points. So it could come down to goal differential in this group. Yeah. Um. It, it really could. And wouldn't that be a hell of a way for the reigning champions to go out as on fucking goal differential? I know, right? My money's in South Korea to win the group. <laughs> <laughs> yes, poor South, poor <laughs> South Korea, poor South Korea. My <laughs> God, what a, what a shit group to get drawn into. I know, bless them. All right, so we're gonna move on to Group G. Uh, these are your lads. Uh, even though you know, it's funny. My DNA uh, test, I'm like uh, 66% English. So <laughs> actually, I'm I'm probably more English than the average bear. Uh, England are my number two team in this tournament. I, I do I do root for them. Besides the Liverpool ties with Jordan Henderson and Trent Alexander Arnold, I, I I am uh rooting for the three Lions behind uh Germany. But let's talk about England real quick, Alex. A lot of a lot of um a lot of hype always around this team. Haven't won the World Cup since nineteen sixty six, had many teams that were capable of doing so, had the golden generation with obviously David Beckham and then of course uh Lampard, Gerard, uh Rooney. Uh, none of those players were able to get it done. Uh, this team seemingly pasted together by Southgate, and Southgate has himself uh, a win in the opening round. Uh, three three points to start off with, not too bad. So, what are your impressions of England against uh, Tunisia? What, what did you see? And 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 let's talk about the officiating in that match as well. Yeah, um, interesting game. Um, I think this is. You know, if you if you sort of analyse the last sort of decade, um, it's kind of been a build up to expectation and um and now I think this start you know, this first game, I think, and building up to this looking at the squad, it's like we've started again, like from fresh. Um, obviously there's no Rooney, no the Golden Boys. Um fresh uh, new manager as well. Um, and he has clearly done a lot of work on the training pitch with these guys and really got to know them. And that showed from his selection, you know, picking Trippier and Maguire. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty, you know, it's not surprising. I'm, you know, all gloves are off here. It's fine. Whatever he does, there's no. I don't think there's going to be any judgment on him with, with his selection. I can say that now if it was one all you'd see a completely different response. Um, he looks like it's, you know, the two one result looks like 
Um, he's put a lot of effort in. That's what hard work looks like, basically. Coming out with a scrappy 2 on win in the first game of the World Cup with a huge amount of pressure on England. The home of football. You had, towards the second half of the second half, um, you could you could sense the sort of here we go again. You know, there's not enough quality chances. The same shit, different tournament. Mm-hmm. But they come out with a result, and to be honest, and speaking about that, I'm really quite surprised that we come away with three points and to get a late winner. I mean, when has England ever got a fucking late winner in a World Cup? Uh, not very often. No. So. This is a really positive sign, and what that has done now is ta- taken that monkey off the the pressure and 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 the nervousness of the new players coming in for their first World Cups. Um, they're they're going to be high in confidence. The going into the second game against you know a poor Panama side that we should sweep away. Yeah, and look at that first two games of the of the World Cup with England having six points. I mean, it's unheard of. Let me ask you this. Is Harry Kane England's Cristiano Ronaldo? Does he also have that arrogance and that put, put the team on your back mentality? Is, is, is he that guy for England? Because it seemed like it to me. It seemed like he's the guy that is kind of saying, give me the ball late in the game, get it to me, and I will see that that thing goes in. And he did exactly that. He did exactly that. To, to give England the the massive three points is is he is he England's uh, is that their is that their their guy is that their their I mean I don't want to compare him directly to Ronaldo but I mean you know Harry Kane he he's he's a little shit he talks shit uh, you know he's um, he's did it with Liverpool back in uh, March or February whenever we played him so is is but does that mentality help is that what basically may save England's ass in this tournament is to have someone with that confidence and arrogance that that knows I'm that fucking good I can get the ball to go in um you can't argue against how much of a quality player um and a finisher he is but I would say that no I don't think he's uh Ronaldo I was Looking at the game, you know, when it's one all, going just just get Vardy on some fresh legs, take the pace to the to the back four, um, and hopefully win it for us because he, you know, did that against Wales in the European Championship. But Kane, obviously, looking back, he he didn't have a huge impact on that game except for the goals. He was in the right place, right time. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously he's Harry Houdini, England's hero right now and, and that's fantastic news and that's brilliant for his confidence and there was no yeah, if we had the second goal go in, I definitely wanted it to be Kane, so that could he could now be arrogant going into the Panama game. He's the most popular Harry in England right now <laughs> right? He's more popular than that, that other guy that just got married yeah. recently, yeah. I mean at the end of the day, he actually scored a hat trick. It turns out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, yeah. I'm sure he did. Oh man, um, who um, for England besides Harry Kane? Who 
who who surprised you the most? Who who gave, who who did you think uh, not really expecting much out of them, and then they kind of opened your eyes a little bit in this match? Um, which player kind of over over yeah, exceeded okay. exceeded your expectations? Um, Harry Maguire. Mm-hmm. Top place with that answer. What a confident performance from a you could argue run of the mill English defender. The quality in the ball he displayed against you know on the world stage was surprising to me um, and very positive for. I mean he's he's probably one of the first choices now in in the next first team at eleven. Um, can't argue that I think. Henderson had, barring Harry Kane, a man of the match performance. Mm-hmm. I think he had the man of the match performance in a different way. Um, setting the pace of the game, his long ball game um, the other day was exceptional. Um, very confident at the moment. Looks like, looks like a captain. He's he's actually captain in that midfield at the moment, and uh, and and sort of directing the play, and he, he's. He had a great season for us, barring a few injuries. But yeah, he's taking, he's saving his best, I think, to the, for the World Cup this season. And the performance against Tunisia was fantastic, and it wasn't surprising to me. And I think to a lot of Liverpool players that have watched him for a while, um, very good, very good play. Maybe having the captaincy taken away from him has actually improved, and and and. You know, remove that responsibility, which has allowed him to focus more on how he's actually playing and, and affecting the game. Okay, so you mentioned Harry Maguire. So who's who's uh, to me the most disappointing player on the pitch? Unequivocally, one hundred percent, Raheem Sterling. He absolutely didn't use his teammates, dribbled himself into trouble many times over, uh, got dispossessed far too easily, far too often. This is the thing, you know, Raheem Sterling is quick. He's, I don't actually know what he is because he, 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 he plays, he plays, you know, seemingly consistently well for City, but he also has a shit ton of help at City. He has a Kevin De Bruyne. He has, uh, you know, players like Sergio Aguero. This team's not built like Manchester City by any means. He's probably far more in the spotlight. His, uh, Still, I'd say areas of improvement are probably more exposed. He just looked nervous, and he was as he should have been. Southgate, first player subbed off, Raheem Sterling. Do you agree that he was the most disappointing player, A? And B, do you think Rashford should start in, in, his, in his place in the uh, second match? Uh, yeah, I do agree with you, man. Um you could even switch up the formation as well and get Vardy on with Kane. Yeah. Have Rashford on. You know, he works defensively as well. But the thing about Sterling, like, it's weird. You, you do expect a lot from him, but then you're not surprised when he scuffs a fucking shot like that. <laughs> no, no, you're not. You know? Yeah. He, he is quality, but on his day. And. If it was any other player, they would be scoring 20, 30% more 
and taking the chances he misses. He misses a hell of a lot of chances. He's playing for the team that had the most chances last season. And how the fuck was Sané not in the German squad? Ah, uh, well, that's a good that 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 is the should be in the German squad, and Sterling maybe shouldn't be in the England squad. That's how different they were. He, Sonny was so much better than him last season. Look, anyway, um, not not not, not to, to get to that point. Not, yeah, well, to to because now you've opened a can of worms. Um, so, Leroy Sonny not being in the Germany squad is the other thing that I could talk another. I, I said I could talk about that match for three more hours or whatever it was, and. Joachim Löw, basically, he plays a lot of favorites. He has a lot of players that he is going to play as long as they can still run, as long as they can still shoot. They may not be the fastest anymore. They may not be the best anymore. But I do think it was a criminally, criminally bad decision to not include Leroy Sané in that in, in that squad and that he was one of the last to get sent home. I, I agree with you 100, 100%. They... they, they dearly, sorely missed a player of his dynamism in that first game against Mexico. He may have been a difference maker, but back to England. Um, yeah. yeah, so Sterling, I, I, I mean, let me ask you this. Let's just say this. Would you trade Sadio Mane or Mohamed Salah for Sterling at this point if you're a Liverpool fan? I sure as hell wouldn't. Not in a gazillion years. Right. So that says it right there. That says it right there. I mean, not, you know... This is a guy that Liverpool gladly sold to Man City. I mean, we we, we got he he was a for, he's a former uh, Red, so uh, he just like you said, missing that sitter is just something that seemingly Raheem Sterling does, and when he does it, Alex, it seems like it really fucking stands out. Yeah, because it fucking matters. Matters, yes. Yeah, so. Let me ask you this. Uh, you said you could switch up the formation, but let's say he stays with the same formation. I, I, do you think Do you think Rashi is a is a, a suitable replacement for him? Yeah, uh, I would definitely give him a go. I mean, it's not a time to give people chances just because they had a bit of a bad game. This is a time where it fucking matters. Every second, every minute counts now. Yeah, you have to play your players on form, and Rashford did more when he came on than Sterling did all game. Um. In terms of um, a threat to the defenders and, and the, maybe the chances he created. Sterling, I mean, he still plays like he's 16 and 17. He's 24 now. He can't keep getting away with it. You need to be in your prime. You need to mature as a an attacking player with, you know, in a world-class team, club level. And at a world-class stage, you have to make mature decisions. And at this age, and with his experience, he, he's just not d- doing that. Um, and it, and it shows. Yeah. So now we're having a debate whether, you know, you know, lots of people are probably having the same debate whether you should start Rashford against. I mean, I think seventy-eight percent would say you start Rashford now. Yeah. Even well, you know. I just remember Rashford the way he played against Liverpool at Old Trafford back in uh, yeah. April, March, whenever, late late March, early April, and he just abused Trent Alexander-Arnold. He has, I think he just has a quality about him and, and, and more of a confidence factor. I, I think yeah. Sterling, Sterling is dangerously close to 
losing it, I want to say, to, 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 to being kind of a shell, to go into a shell. I mean, who do you taking off, Lingard or Sterling? Oh, oh, that is that's a damn good question. Because uh, they both had four games. They did. They Lin- both not start in the next game because of that. I I, I agree with that. If I but if I had, depth. you've got the depth. Yeah, but if I had to keep one, you said who would you? you said who would you? So yeah. I so if I had to keep one and sit the other, I think I would keep Lingard and sit Sterling. To yeah, be honest, I'd yeah, we agree. Yeah, Lingard is a better finisher. Yeah, he is. He is. He, you know, and he had a clunker of a game, but I thought Sterling, I, he, I, Sterling had every opportunity to make up for it and seemingly only continued to get worse as the match progressed. Mm-hmm. And that's what kind of, that's what I, I, I watched, I, I kept especially close attention on him. And then I noticed, oh, it's, we're not even in the 70th minute and he's getting subbed off. And Southgate made the absolute correct decision getting him off because he was going nowhere quick with his uh, mentality. No. I mean, absolutely. But it's not like you can take these players off and bring on better players. Um, I think he started the attack with probably on paper most people's um, decisions on the on the attack. You got the Sterling Kane, Ali Lingard combination. I mean, the other choice you had is Vardy and Rashford. But bringing them on in a game that maybe you can, well, we were drawing one all, and then you had those options, Rashford and Vardy. That they were great options to come on, but I don't think they were start worthy in the first game. So I think you made the good decision, but I think you should have bought on Vardy or maybe Ali or Lingard because yeah. Ali had a quiet game as well and lost his cheek did fuck all because <laughs> I don't even know why he's there. What are you doing here? <laughs> You know. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so, so here's here's another question I want to ask about this game before we wrap it up because I do want to talk about Raheem Sterling's Manchester City teammate Kevin De Bruyne, who had uh, he and his Belgian squad had a quite uh, comfortable three 0 victory against Panama. But in wrapping this game up, I saw a lot of in- discrepancies in the officiating. I saw Harry Kane get speared like Goldberg, the professional wrestler, fucking spears people in the uh, <laughs> WWE. And uh, nothing was said. Nothing was said. No, no, no penalty. And at the same time, I saw a Tunisian player basically get sneezed on, and they award the penalty. I, I and, and and Americans, these Americans over here, I think they won't admit it, but they live vicariously through England. They, they, you know, America's always going to be the little brother to England. It doesn't matter. How, how big America gets or whatever, you know, um, as I said before, I'm 66% English, proud, proud 66% English. And, uh, you know, the, the fact is that America sits there, though, and almost lives with England with this pressure. Like, can the English do it? It's, it's so funny to watch this shit. Like, but, but, but at the same time, America, mm. Americans get on the, on the train, though. They get on this train as well that 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 there is this anti-England bias when it comes to these World Cups. Uh, you know whether it's officiating, yeah. whether it's the media, and you know it, it, it's it's. And I'm not saying the Americans are anti-England. I'm saying they're 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 uh, on the other side of that. They they agree that the Americans are. You know I think Americans would would tend to say yeah. You know our. Uh, I, I'd say older brothers, uh, England are, are are getting the shaft here now. 
did you see the same thing that I was that I that I saw as far as I, I saw just moments like that where I thought that the officiating was not consistent throughout this match? I think you're right in terms of the refereeing being inconsistent and very lenient towards clear fouls. I mean, any other area of the pitch, it would have been a foul in any European league, for example. But I've seen a similar pattern in this first round of games that referees are not giving fouls away at all, as easy as as per normal at the moment in football in 2018. Right. They really aren't. It's almost like they had a talk with the, you know, superiors of the officials and, and they said, listen, keep play going on as much as you can. And, you know, if, if you're not completely sure, then just don't give it. It seems that that, that has happened. And maybe the VAR, VAR has come into this a little bit. If it's a clear foul, then maybe VR will pick it up and it will alert the ref to like go to the TV or whatever. I don't know. I've it's almost like we've gone back thirty years, and we're seeing like clear fouls. But yeah, thirty years ago they were like just fifty-fifty challenges. But it is inconsistent. But you know, some of these fouls are not fouls, and they give them. Um, like the penalty get you know. The, I mean, VR as well. I'm not sure if you want to talk about that, but. That's certainly a factor in this discussion. It, it is. It is. And you, like with your bias comments on, or well, anti-bias comments on. I'm that, not biased. I am not biased, sir. No, no, no. Oh, no, no. I'm, just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. People, <laughs> no, I think you've got. A, is, there is, con, you know, there is food in that context. Yeah. With the fact that Tunisia didn't even get one yellow card the whole game, the whole fucking game, they were on them. And especially Kane, they wanted to keep him quiet, and they did for for a period of time, but in between each goal, um, and and that worked to a certain extent. But they should have, yeah, it should have been three or four one with at least one penalty at the end of the day. Let me let me give you let me paint let me let me paint you a picture real quick because I, I this is kind of where I was going with this. If I wear my three lions shirt out and I have uh, England kit on, and you know I see an American. American sees that and goes, oh, wow, yeah, England, I hope they do well this year. I hope they do well this year. If you run into somebody, you know, a Colombia fan or Mexico fan, they're like, ah, they're just going to choke anyway. They're just going to choke anyway. You know, I don't know why you're wearing that shit. So, you know, just an example, like, it seems like anyone that's not, so to speak, birthed from the empire, so America came from England and, and you know, that, that, that's, that's how it is. It seems like there's this anti- England establishment that that you know uh, if you're not from if you did not come from the 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 Anglo-Saxon background or or heritage that it, it's almost mm-hmm. I, it's it, it's it's just weird because you, you see me I, it's a it's a consistent reaction that I get when they talk about English football and Irish fans I can understand why they feel that way they you know history and shit but um, yeah. you know. You, you, you talk to you talk to I, I have some friends of mine that are that are Mexicans that are that are good friends of mine that, that um, we talk about football all the time. They talk about the German national team. Oh, they praise the German national team. They 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 um, they praise the German national team. They, um, they they you know, they they, they they when it comes to England, 
they they're like ah they're just a choke artist you know Wayne Rooney's never going to get it done it, it's it's amazing just how much with, with you know just almost um without even knowing who's on the squad they immediately assume a year from now or two years from now England's going to choke in the European Championship and it's so there has to be some England bias out there anti England bias out there and I, I you know I have nothing more than just little glimpses here and there that I see myself or, or, or things that I hear from other people that are that are football friends of mine that I say, okay, why do you not like them? Why? What's what's the reason? Because you just your your un, unpremeditated thoughts of England's going to choke and they're going to do this. And basically it's like, well, that's what they always do. Well, no, they've, they've won a World Cup. They don't always choke. That's not true. And they made a semifinal in 1990 and They've been unlucky in other tournaments since then. It's not, it's not, England hasn't always, you know, played poorly in these events. Sometimes with the shootout against Argentina, for example, they, uh, I believe that was in uh, 2002, they just got massively unlucky. Fantastic squad that was. They just, they just couldn't quite get it done. But I just, without, I, I'm rambling on about this, but it does, it does irritate me because I feel like that England gets, um, unfairly prejudged in certain certain events and and i think that prejudice carries over and uh the officials may give a call to the underdog like a sometimes that's what i'm saying they can influence where england's not playing poorly they're actually playing better than the underdog but the but the officiating can make it look like it's a more even match whether that's on the scorecard or whether it's uh in the end result It, it just seems like that yeah you know that England doesn't get the fairest of shakes. Yeah, I agree. Um, there's a lot to say to that. I mean, a lot of <laughs> people like poking the bear, don't they? Yeah, they do. Yeah. And the, the, the bear is the home of football, which is England. Um, and when they don't do well, it, it's fun to laugh at them. It's fun to laugh at us. I mean, I get that. Um, and, and, you know, Sometimes we have disappointed, and the teams on paper that we've put out in World Cups recently in the last two you know, two decades have been you know, very competitive teams, and the expectation then with those squads is a bit like you know, Argentina's, Brazil's, Germany's. It, it comes with quality players, and, and you can't... Um, you've got to understand that that's... That's okay. The expectation is okay, but it's how then you deal with it. And what we've dealt with in the last two decades of World Cups is we haven't reached the final. We haven't. We only reached one semi-final, I know, but you know that was you know nearly thirty years ago. Yeah, nineteen ninety. Thanks for reminding yeah. me how old I am. <laughs> <laughs> I know, um, but then you know you you you, you have these. I think the media have a big part to play in this as well. It's, it's to hype up English players and and equally annihilate them when they fuck up. Yeah, that brings more attention, like the David Beckham incident against mm-hmm. Argentina. Yeah. So there's lots of factors here that contribute to the attention that England get in every World Cup and European Championship more so than most other countries. Um, so it's always going to be a talking point. 
Um, it's a bit like when Liverpool say our oh, next year's our next year. It's our year, you know? Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> yep. You just can't fucking get away with that because it's been going on for so long. Um, but now, but on the flip side, you know, we've got a fresh team, fresh manager. It, it kind of feels like there's not any serious expectation at this World Cup. So let's, I think the feeling is let's just see how it goes every game. We've come off three points, well earned, slightly lucky because we never experienced fucking 90 minute, 91st minute winners in the World Cups. But let's use that. Let's have that confidence, that enjoyment and the happiness of knowing that we've got at least three points in the bag with two games to play to qualify for the last 16. And we're literally going to take every game as it comes now. Yep. Not coming back, not coming back um, off the back of a, a draw or a loss in our first game with the slight anger and dis- massive disappointment that that's come into the World Cup with most people that most people feel, and the media has helped that, you know, and and pushed that on them. And we're in a um, different situation now. We're in an unusual situation where. Mm-hmm there's a lot of positivity suddenly and everybody's coming together and we're all for, like I said before, it, I'm not going to be pissed off whatever, what every team, what any team he puts out next game against Panama. We should win it, first of all. If we don't, that's... Anyway, we're not going to talk about if we don't. Yeah, right. <laughs> any, any team we put out is, is going to be okay and give them a chance, you know? It's a young squad, and they're learning together, and they're learning quickly. Um, so, yeah, it's all good. I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot of negative things to say, but that's but right now, looking forward, it's definitely positive. Looking back, it is negative. Uh, well, something's got to give, Alex, because the last time England made a semifinal in the World Cup was also the last year that Liverpool won the uh, English... Uh, well, it wasn't even the Premier League at that time, so uh, just... <laughs> Right, so the Football League. Uh, so something's got to give. But real quick, I do want your thoughts on this. I think Belgium uh, looked fantastic against Panama. I've gotten a lot of backlash from that. You know, I heard, uh, I've gotten comments that uh, a team with that talent should have won 6-0. You know, it's the World Cup. It's the first match. Get over yourselves, people. That, that, that's, that's utterly ridiculous. Belgium took care of business in the second half. Uh, Lukaku does, did what Lukaku does. They won 3-0. It's comfortable. That being said... Um, Alex, I think Belgium and England are both going to be sitting on uh, six points at the end of this at the end of this uh, two matches. Do you think England will England go full speed ahead in that third in that third and final game? Do they want the group that bad, or do you think that um, they'll just be happy with the round of sixteen? Do you, do you think Southgate's going to press the issue? Let me ask you that. Um. I wouldn't rule out. I mean, Belgium looked class. They looked the best team in this group, but Panama did make them look good. So, there's a flip side there. Um, against better, posi- you know, opposition <clears throat> like England, will will really test them. So, I think you're right. Belgium versus England to to decide first and second place. Um, I think. You get really shit odds on that. <laughs> um, but, um, 
I was really impressed by Belgium, actually. Yes. Uh, what a volley that was by Mertens. Dress uh, Mertens. Yeah, Absolutely he's fantastic. fantastic. Yeah. Goals of the tournament already. And a player that, you know, quite a few of us have been talking about over the years. It's come to Liverpool, possibly, anyway. Um, no, it's, I, I think Southgate will, if he comes off with a win next week, he'll be probably looking at the last 16 and wanting to rest important players like Kane. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he starts Fardy instead of Kane. Yeah, I agree. I agree. That's a very good, then, very good point. Yeah, but then... Or maybe give you know Kane a starting position and and, and take him off at half time. Yeah, yeah. And put Vardy on just to give him some experience because Vardy's just like buzzing to get on the field right now. He is. He is. So are the fans they the fans can't wait to sing that song when he's gone. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, yeah. So I mean, I agree with you there. I think uh, you know, I think there could be some Southgate could have some a tactical adjustments, especially as it pertains to his personnel in that game. And I think if England get to the round of 16 and they know they're through on the points, then they know they're through. I don't think they're going to sit there and, and, and go all out to win the group because, hey, when you win the group, you're also still just in the round of 16, just like the second place team is. You got to, you know, it, it, at that point, it's the best 16 teams in the world. And, and you know, it, it's 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 every every team for themselves and winner takes all. It's It's lose, go home, win, advance. So, I mean, yeah. Um, yeah thinking, I, of Holland, thinking of Holland and Italy when you say the best 16 like that. Yeah, it's true. You're right. Good, good point there. Good point there, man. It's, yeah. It's really weird not having those blue shirts and those orange shirts in this tournament. It's just really it fucking weird. Shout out to the fans. Yeah, absolutely. Shout out to Virgil van Dyke, man. We miss you. I know, uh, right? <laughs> uh, so, last group. Last group. Uh, we, we've arrived at the, uh, the Zenith here. Uh, group H, we had them play actually today. Very first action in Group H, so we will not see them again for uh, damn near a week. Uh, we will not see Japan, Senegal, Poland, and Colombia. But first match, uh, we had Japan versus Colombia. Alex, uh, Japan got an early advantage three minutes in. Colombia has a sending off. They are down to 10 men. And uh, obviously, handball in the penalty box equals a penalty shot. Uh, Borussia Dortmund's own Shinji Kagawa drains the shot. Goes up 1-0. Colombia shows their quality. They equalize before halftime. So you can see even down a man that they are uh, quite the talented team. Uh, Japan, I think, just just had, you know, that that for 87 minutes, they had an, uh, a, a, a man up in the advantage. So should we expect anything from Japan going on? Uh, or is this just basically they, they got their three points. This was a gifted win because of the uh, situation that Colombia found themselves in. And will Colombia rebound, more importantly? Mm. I think this is the most equal group mm -hmm. in the whole tournament. You could, before any of these teams played, I wouldn't know who would be any position, first, second, third, or fourth. It could be anyone's. Um, obviously, I'll be rooting for Senegal, like you will be. Yeah. Um, but Japan, um, come for the fantastic win. It meant a lot to them. A few players are crying after the game on the pitch, you know. It, it, that's what I mean. The first game, getting three points, is huge. It's fucking huge. Yes. So 
the next game, the pressure's off a little bit. You know you've got to get another point at least. So, obviously, Japan, Senegal, um, in, in other groups, the top two teams um, normally are playing the last game. But these are playing the next game. Yep. So, that's going to be an interesting dynamic um, going forward. So, if any of those two teams win, the other team's got a huge amount of pressure to win the next game. So, if Japan... Yeah, obviously, if Japan win against Senegal, then Senegal got a huge amount of pressure going into the last game against Colombia. Um, and then Colombia, like a fighting dog, um, they're going to come back. Uh, it's just all to play for. It really is still, even though it's 3-3-0-0. Uh, Japan have... Japan played well today. Um, I watched a little bit of it. Obviously, I was at, <laughs> I was at work. But, um, yeah, they showed very gritty determination um, to get that second goal. Um, advantageous having 11 men against 10, but they made that count, and not all teams do that. It's very hard to play against 10 men normally. You know, Alex, you said they played well. It's it's kind of, Japan's kind of the the uh, the odd man out in Asia. They have one of the starting 11s where a lot of their players actually do play in major European football. A lot of their players play in the Bundesliga. You have one of their players that plays for Ibar in the La Liga. And, of course, you had uh, Nagatomo, who used to play for Inter Milan. He's on loan right now in Turkey. And I think that deal is close to going through where he's going to uh, be a permanent transfer uh, so th- there's uh, there's some major European experience by the Japanese. They're not a bad side, all things considered. No, they are a fucking good side. You got some, um, you got some good experience as well on on a very um, on the world class level. Yeah. In terms of leagues, so you say. So um, I can I, that kind of showed today as well. They made that count and got those three precious points. Um, com- comparing that with Senegal, where you know they haven't played since since two thousand two. Yep. Um, so it's a chunk of time. Is that four four World Cups? So their, yeah, their yeah, yeah. Is, is their experience in World Cups and their players are next to nothing. Um, and that the dynamic between that and Japan is is completely changed. It's completely different, but um, they both come away with three points, and it just showed you the. F- I mean, with Poland, you know, my money was on Poland to win today, really. Mine was too, yeah. I, I yeah, agree. I want to yeah. say that, but um, obviously, love out to Mane. Um, and what a fantastic moment for him. You know, he's come off the back of uh, missing the penalty in the last World Cup, wasn't it? Qualifiers to. Yeah. To, yeah. To, to make go out and, and now to captain his side um, the next World Cup and the first win against a very good Poland team, or certainly on paper. Um, but what, what a crazy goal for the second goal. Right? Yeah, so let's talk about that real quick. Um, so a lot of people thinking it should have been disallowed. We both know that it, 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 it was legal, that that was uh, the... the, the the referee sent the player on. So yeah. everything that happened. But Szczesny was obviously very confused, the Polish keeper. And, I, you know, at that point, it, it, there was the, the player runs on, flicks the ball past the keeper. It's a foot race with the last defender. And then it, 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 the ball goes into an open goal. So what, 
when you first saw that, did you think that ah, they're going to disallow that? Um, no, I thought I'm. I thought I missed something. Like I needed to see it again. Right. Like everybody probably did. Like, <laughs> yeah. wait, what? What the fuck? Where's he come? Oh right. Oh, he must have. And then, you know, you go through that process, and then you see the referee just wave him on, and you're like, absolutely. If as, as soon as that ref waved him on, legit my goal, and it and it, it settled any debate that I had watching it live. Yeah. Simply put, you know, and fair play, you know, they made that chance count. So speed, amazing speed. So this basically sets up um, being that this is such an even group now, because you really do have the two strongest sides on paper who are in third and fourth place, Poland and Colombia. Coincidentally, I picked Poland to win the group and I picked Colombia to finish second as it is right now. They're both going to go out. So do you see these standings holding up, or do you think that one of those two bigger team name teams in Poland and Colombia will find their way back into the top two? It's a situation like Germany, isn't it? You're, you're, you're coming out you know, with three points, but you're playing against a, uh, a kicked animal, and it's only going to bite back. So you could see... Well, that's the third third round, sorry, not the second round. You've got Poland and Colombia battling out for a precious three points. That's even more pressure, actually. Mm-hmm. And playing against a team that's got three points, you're playing against a team that's got nothing. So Poland Colombia is going to be a match of... It'll that's, be like a boxing that's, fight. That's huge, yep. It's, it's, it's much bigger than the Japan-Senegal um, game. Yes, Despite so, the fact that both of them have zero points, it's, it is much bigger, yes. In a weird way, yeah. Yep. That will set up. Um, and then Japan and Senegal are also going to note, you know, note that game and think, okay, if we lose this game and one of the other teams win, there's three, three, three teams on three points there, so it's anyone's. Yeah. Oh, it's- sorry, sorry. Two teams on three two points. Two teams on three teams points, six, yeah. So it's down to two. So, like I said, every minute counts in these games. It's it's a knockout competition. It seems every single game sways it to, 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 to be knocked out or to carry on. Um, so, yes, can be yeah, fucking fascinating the next round. Yeah, I'm... There's so much to talk about after... I'm anxious to see if Robert Lewandowski, uh, obviously uh, another one of the world's top five strikers, can will his team. He has so many great players in Lukas Piszczek, uh, Glick, uh, Blazikowski, uh, Krokowiak. I mean, there's so many great Polish players just uh, did not show up today. Mm. And you have to think that they also, much like uh, Falcao and James Rodriguez, they're going to be smelling blood in this next match. And it literally is an elimination game for either Poland or Colombia. And who would have thought that on the second match day? I know, right? Yeah. Lewandowski is his first World Cup game, isn't it? Uh, I can't remember whether he played in 2014 or not. I, I want to say he was there. I, I, I don't. I, I know he was European Championship 2016. I know he was there, but... 20... Do you know what these players, you know, like Lewandowski... Um, players that don't show up, Messi, um, whoever. It's like, you know, they're playing in the club level. 
and they're playing with very quality players. Yep. As soon as they go into the international level, that form dips because of the other players' quality around them. Yep. But, like I said, with Ronaldo, it's completely different. I know I've gone off topic there, but you know these, these big-name players are just not cutting it. That, that, that this level is the most important of their career. No, it's a very valid point. I mean, it's it's the same. It's the same it's thing. Like shocks. It's like a shock to them, almost. Yeah, which is kind of funny because you have the opposite with Garrett Bale, who absolutely put Wales on his back in the Euros 2016. Yeah, and and he 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 rose to the occasion. Whereas you said some of these players, they seemingly just they they go into their shell. They just can't do it. You know, honestly, uh, Wayne Rooney was very much the same. You know, when he had all the the spotlight on him for England, he just kind of. Uh, in these big tournaments, he just didn't do anything. Yeah, same with Jared and Lampard. Yeah, uh, well, and, and a lot of that was tactics with them because they yeah. they, 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 they played... Th- th- those two players shouldn't have been on the pitch at the same time together. Yeah. That's a, so that's a, different, that's a dull different story right there. That we, should we, be quality enough to understand that they have to change their game slowly. Yes, know. exactly. Inst- instead, they wanted to play like they were at Chelsea and Liverpool, and, and you, you, you can't... So, can't yeah. Do. Yeah, it's another, it's another group that's, um, that was, is very evenly placed um, before, this, for this, before this game. Yeah. So pretty tired. But, um, yeah, it's... it's it's again. It's the second round is going to be the most important for every single team, I think. Yeah, we're looking forward to that. Uh, so tomorrow we'll have, of course, uh, Portugal, Morocco, Uruguay, Saudi Arabia, and Iran, Spain. And I think we've wrapped up basically the first week. Alex, first five days are in the books, and we're going to do this again next week. Uh, we'll be inviting our, our friend uh, George Bennett from the Goldmouth Scramble, uh, fellow countryman of yours. Um, he's 100% British, not 66% like me. Um, so, uh, yeah. So I, is there anything else that you wanted to, uh, get some final thoughts out on before we wrap it up here? I don't know. I'm just, uh, just soaking it all up. These times are precious in the, in the footballing supporting world every four years, man. So, uh, shout out to every supporter watching the, this, this magical game. Absolutely. And uh, everybody, this is uh, Alex Miller. Follow him on Twitter at chickenlip7. Uh, he's back stateside again, and uh, he is—he's ready—he's ready to be added, and he's ready for, to hear your comments on the World <laughs> 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 All right, Alex, my friend, I appreciate you so much for being on the show. I know you're tired as hell. Um, really means a lot. Uh, I know that um, you need to get to bed soon because you're a tired man. Dude, I left every second. Awesome, awesome. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Well, we're going to do it again next week, sir. Uh, Be prepared. uh, Talk about, uh, basically, by that point, we'll be very wise on who's going to continue on in this tournament into the knockout stages and who is going to get on a plane and go home. All right, everyone, thank you so much for listening. This has been the Kings of Europe, and we will see you again the same place, same time next week uh, for what will be another World Cup recap and a look into the knockout stages. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening. Have a good night.